0: Hi there gorgeous souls, hope you're well and welcome back to another podcast of Open Hearts Can Unite. Um, So of course as we go through life we not only as writers or as people get our information from ourselves and our internal disposition, we get it from numerous sources and one I often get my inspiration from and my learnings from dealing with my traumas is from other amazing writers as well. So I wanted to share a book that I have been rereading um I read it when it first came out, and I'm not quite sure of the date as yet, but I read it when it first came out, which was in 1997, so I read it about 10 years ago, and it's called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, A Fable About Fulfilling Your Dreams and Reaching Your Destiny by Robin S. Sharma. I wanted to read chapter 7, some of it, so you could get an idea of what an amazingly well-written book it is and um, also talk about some of the things that resonate with me. A most extraordinary garden. Most people live, whether physically, intellectually or morally, in a very restricted circle of their potential being. We all have reservoirs of life to draw upon, of which we do not dream. William James In the fable, the garden is a symbol for the mind, says Julian. If you care for your mind, if you nurture it, and if you cultivate it just like a fertile, rich garden, it will blossom for far beyond your expectations. But if you let the weeds take root, last in peace of mind and deep inner harmony will always elude you. John, let me ask you a simple question. If I went into your backyard where you have that garden, you used to tell me so much about and threw toxic waste all over your prized petunias, You wouldn't be thrilled would you? Agreed. As a matter of fact, most good gardeners guard their gardens like proud soldiers and make certain that no contamination ever enters. Yet look at the toxic waste that most people put into the fertile garden of their minds every single day. The worries and the anxieties, the fretting about the past, the brooding over the future and those self-created fears that wreak havoc within your inner world. In the native language of sages of Savannah, which has existed for thousands of years, the written characters for worry is strikingly similar to the characters symbolizing a funeral prayer. Yogi Rama told me that this was no more coincidence. Worry drains the mind of much of its power, and sooner or later it injures the soul. To live life to the fullest, you must stand guard of the gate of your garden and let only the very best information enter. You truly cannot afford the luxury of negative thought, not even one. The most joyful, dynamic and contented people of this world are no different from you or me in terms of their makeup. We are all flesh and bones. We all come from the same universal source. However, the ones who do most than just exist, the ones who fan the flames of their human potential and truly savour the magical dance of life, do different things than those whose lives are ordinary. Foremost amongst the things that they do is adapt a positive paradigm about their world and all that is in it. Julian added, The sages taught me that on an average day, the average person runs about sixty thousand thoughts through their mind. What really amazed me though was the ninety five per cent of those thoughts were the same as the ones you thought the day before. Are you serious? I asked. Yes, this is the tyranny of improvised." thinking. Those people who think the same thoughts every day, most of them negative, have fallen into bad mental habits. Rather than focusing on all the good in their lives and thinking of ways to make things even better, they are captives of their past. Some of them worry about failed relationships or financial problems. Others fret over their less than perfect childhood. Still others brood over more trifling matters, the way a store clerk might have treated them, or the comment of a co-worker that smacked of your will. Those who run their minds in the fashion are allowing worry to rob them of their life force. They are blocking the enormous potential of their minds to work magic and deliver into their lives all that they want emotionally, physically, and yes, even spiritually. These people never realize that mind management is the essence of life management. You see, another section that he also wrote, which I really like, is um, about there is no such thing as objective reality, and I'll get to I'll get to explaining this from my personal perspective in a minute. The real world, there are no absolutes. The face of your greatest enemy might be the face of my finest friend. An event that happens to be a tragedy to one might reveal the seeds of unlimited opportunity to another. What really separates people who are habitually upbeat and optimistic from those who are consciously miserable is how the circumstances of life are interpreted and processed. And then Julian, how could a tragedy be anything but a tragedy? And he goes on to explain an example, and I will also explain that example as well in my personal context. He also goes on to explain that there is, and there are no mistakes in life, only lessons. There is no such thing as negative experience, only opportunities to grow, learn, and advance along the road of self mastery From struggles comes strength. Even pain can be a wonderful teacher. And again, pain, I protested, absolutely, to transcend pain you must first find experience it, first experience it, or to put it another way, how can you really know the joy of being on a summit of a mountain unless you first visited the lowest valley? Get my point, to savour the good one must know the bad. So, Going back to the beginning about the gardens, it's so true. A lot of us don't realize that we have our own internal world and it's a garden. We can place it as so for an imaginative purpose. And we often sow seeds of weeds in our gardens with our negative thoughts. And what that creates is this challenging disposition that we all, I've got to go to work, um, you know, I've got to lose weight. It's too hard. It's too hard to eat healthy. My kids are annoying me. This person's such an annoying person. It's all their fault. How can I change if they're doing this? Etc. Um, Etc. Et now, when when I was going through my depression, my post and prenatal depression periods, one of the things I did was, you know, ha, ha, um, I said to myself, you know. Um, you know, my child has just died, so, you know, what's the point of life, you know, how how can I keep living, it? you know, well, life doesn't like me, you know, obviously I've done something wrong, and um, so what's the point, what's the point was going through my mine, I don't want to be here, I don't want to be here, I'm a bad person, um, I'm failure, uh, I can't even love my own baby, and so on and so forth, and when I when I started to continually repeat these feeds of thought into my mind, it eventually led to my attempt on my life. And from my attempt of my life, I realized that those feeds of thought, those trains of thought were actually... Um, causing me to fall into this darker depression and darker depression and darker moments and leading me to my attempt in my life and I realized that it was never ever going to be because there was lots of people around me saying you're fine it was one in four people lose a child it wasn't your fault these things happen it's part of nature but I wasn't listening to any of those reality checks or food for thoughts I was listening simply to my own negative turmoil that was repeating over and over day in day out that led to them So what I'm saying is that the way I transcended into a more positive light, into an ability to live in a more happy moment was I started to plant seeds of not even hope but reality. One in four women experience loss of a child. This is not my fault. And these thoughts then transcended me into being able to not wanting to commit suicide. So changing one's mind is actually very powerful to changing one's reality. I also found that always complaining and judging other people for what they were doing was never going to change my reality because I couldn't change others, but I could change myself. So again, stopping the judgment, stopping the misunderstanding of my stories in my head of the outside reality helped me to change my world. And so gardening in my thoughts, in my head, not putting the toxic waste and negative thoughts in, really helped me. On top of that, through social media, you deal with a lot of negativity and judgment and in life. And I've came to realize that many of the people that were hurting me, many people actually loved. So it was all about perspective and energy and and it wasn't about good or bad it was just that this experience was objectively in my world an experience that was negative or was hurting me but in someone else's world they'd been able to get back up again they'd been able to see that it wasn't a bad person it's a bad experience and this is what's happened in my terms but i can let it go so working on planting seeds of reality, understanding that it's all objective, it's all about perspective, that uh, losing a child can also be a possibility to remembering how precious life was and honouring life even more, that... A negative person in my life was actually not a bad person, but a person that triggered me to learn to heal better, the person that triggered me to learn to work on myself rather than working on the projection of the outside world. And so all of these things encompassing started to put it into perspective including that there are no mistakes once I really gathered that that there are no mistakes I really started to see that it was just a learning curve it wasn't a hitching post it was a guidepost to make better tomorrows to become stronger because I could never ever become stronger if I didn't work through my challenges I would just continually break And I wasn't breaking, I was becoming, so changing my words again. And as it's clearly stated, you know, learning to do a push-up, walking up the hill, learning to do a handstand was all about becoming stronger. It was all about becoming stronger so I could enjoy the view. So here's a great few food for thoughts in this book. I mean, this is only a very small, small section that um, just really gave me insight into you know, things that I had been working on and great ways to put it for you guys. I'll leave you with one final thought. When you're inspired by some great purpose, some extraordinary project, all of your thoughts break their bounds. Your mind transcends limitations. Your your consciousness expands in every direction and you find yourself in a new, great and wonderful world. Dormant forces facilitate or faculties and talents become alive and you discover yourself to be a greater person than you ever dreamed yourself to be. So I hope you enjoyed. Highly recommend this book. You can look it up on Amazon. You can get it from the library. Robin S. Sharma, the monk who sold his Ferrari, a fable about fulfilling your dreams and reaching your destiny. Namaste and have a great day.